Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Hi, family. How are y'all? We were were gone for two weeks, and I missed you guys. I mean, we were at the beach, so I didn't miss you that much, but... (laughs) I wish we could say we came back super refreshed, uh, but we came back. <laughs> we are here. Whoa, it doesn't take a whole lot of discernment or spiritual antennas to recognize that stuff is going on, right? And I want to prophetically speak into that tonight. Um, and I feel like I'm a broken record. I feel like every week this is what you hear me saying, but I'm going to say it again because I hear Jesus saying it. And I hear him saying, will you please just linger a little bit longer with me? Will you please just linger a little bit longer with me? Would you please ascend? Would you please lift up your eyes and come up higher? In pre-service prayer, I didn't even tell Joey this, but he prayed for me. And he prayed. What did you just say? Elevated something? Revelation. He said he prayed for elevated revelation. And revelation is my favorite thing. That's the revelatory gift. And um, he said elevated, elevated, I don't know, elevated revelation. And as soon as he said it, I shot up and I could see, and in the throne room, which I had seen before, but I saw all of these doors open that I had never seen and I didn't know were there. And I believe that he wants to take us into deeper levels of encounter, deeper places of revelation, because he wants to reveal his heart to us. He wants to reveal who he is and what he is doing, because it is all about him. It is all about him. And if I get so caught up in the swirl here, And if I am listening to all of the voices and people, there are a lot of voices. If that is where I am staying, then I am caught in the chaos and the swirl, and it is producing all kinds of fear, all kinds of confusion, isn't it? And so what I want to do tonight is he is saying, will you please linger with me a little longer? And what are we saying to him? You have to say it. (laughs) Yes. Yes, sir. We will, we will linger with you a little bit longer. We turn our attention, we turn our affection to you, Jesus. We honor you. We honor you, King Jesus, the one who sits on your throne, the uncreated, everlasting God who dwells in unapproachable light. Yet here you dwell in this room with us, the one who was and is and is to come the one who inhabits eternity, the one who inhabits my heart, the ancient of days, the faithful witness, the one who is holy and true. We honor you, King Jesus. And we give you your rightful place in this room. We give you the whole room. We give you all of my heart. I open up all of this space, Lord, and just say that I want you to have your way. We just do all for the honor of you. You deserve all of our attention. You deserve all of our affection. Lord, I get to recognize my smallness in your presence. I get to be be really small and really little and honor your vast greatness. That I'm completely and totally dependent upon you. We just thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Are y'all still here? (laughs) Whew. I really do believe that we are in unprecedented days. And he started speaking to me at the beginning of COVID. And he said that we are in days of awe. And I really do believe that we are going to begin to corporately go into the greater works. Did you even say hi to our friends? I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to stop. Kelly. So would you all please stand up? Regina, Dano, and Nathan McCollum, they are very good friends. I just looked out and I saw y'all and I was like, Joey, did you introduce them? How many of you have been, oh, we are terrible at announcements. They don't usually let Joey and I do announcements. We're so bad at it. Um, How many in in here have come to, we've done it three years maybe now, two or three years, Dan, the prophetic trainers that, look how many people in here. How many of y'all, would y'all please just stand up and just like, honor Dano because I feel like the prophetic environment we have in here is all due to you. It's true. Everything shifted when we began using your materials. He brought his team in and they began training 
And um, I had a great conversation with Dano the other day on the phone about some things, and then it, they were nearby, and he said, hey, we're going to come to church, which, I mean, if you had given me a bigger heads up, I would have for sure passed the mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have so wanted you to come preach tonight, but we are having him back really soon, so we will figure that out and get that on the thing. Anyway, you just caught my line of sight, and I was like, I don't think Joey, oh, honey, this is why we don't do announcements. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Um, no, that was in my prayer. Oh, corporately, the, <laughs> Jesus said that we're going to do greater works, but I really believe there's something about us in unity, corporately coming together to do the greater works. And I believe that we're entering into this time. And you can feel the foundations of the earth trembling. I can feel the groaning of the earth, right? Things are happening and shaking in the heavens, but I want you to know that God is on his throne. And if empires are falling and if monarchs are tumbling, it's because God is in the midst of us and he is working. And he has called us to a place that we get to partner with him in this realm to bring heaven to earth. So it is imperative that I know who I'm listening to, where I'm seated, the information that I'm getting. Is it information or is it revelation from heaven? So that his will can be done here. And I think that there's been a little bit of confusion about that, and I'd like to talk about it tonight. But I want to set the table, and I wrote this title, and I'm actually not even sure that it's, I mean, it's biblical, but it's, we are the second man walking into the third day. And I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 15. And, I mean, it's biblical. Don't get worried that I'm teaching you something that's not biblical. But turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Do you all have your Bibles? Are you with me? Okay. Y'all should come to pre-service prayer, I'm telling you. It's so fun. 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to start reading... In verse 45, thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit, but it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So did you catch that? The gr grammatically, it was that the first man, Adam, and then the last Adam, so you think that he would say the first man and then the last man, but he didn't. He said the second man because Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. He's the second man, and we are like him. So you and I get to walk God with us, the God-man race, Emmanuel with us in the earth. So we get to bear the image of the man of heaven. We are image bearers. We are glory bearers. You were made to carry glory. He has deposited glory in you. The way that the earth is going to be covered with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is because you and I are going to release it. We are going to shine bright. So as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. And as his bride, as new creations, we have been recreated into the very likeness and image of Christ in the earth. It's like an image in a mirror. When I look in the mirror, I know what I look like. I don't always like it, especially after COVID, but I get to look in the mirror and I see what I look like. We are imaging in the mirror. And so when I, James 4 says, no, James 1, 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. So the way that you deceive yourself, there's a lot of listening going on. 
there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of chatting. There's a lot of listening. But when I am listening to the word, I listen and obey. I do the word so that I am not deceived. It's not just a casual glance. It's not just a casual read. But I'm actually listening to him. I am looking at him in the mirror of the word. And I am doing the word then by habit. Remember that at first we do things, and I have to use my prefrontal cortex. I have to actually use this part of my brain to actually think and choose how to brush my teeth. But eventually I didn't have to do that anymore because it's in my subconscious and it's habit, right? So I just know how to brush my teeth without even thinking about it. It's a habit now. We are supposed to be ingesting this word, listening to this word, doing this word until it becomes part of me. And I don't even have to think about the fact that I'm acting like a Christian because I am being him in the earth. I am mirroring him in the earth because this is so in me. I eat it like honey. It is what's coming out of me. I don't even have to think about it anymore. This is religion. Oh, how does it? Okay, this is what I need to do, and this is what I need to do. It is by, in the subconscious, just my union with him, I get to manifest Jesus everywhere I go. You, Colossians says that you are a letter written by Christ. He's writing on your heart, and he is doing that as you behold him. As you behold him in a mirror, you are being changed from one degree of glory to another. We can see that in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, I want to read it in the Passion. I think I'm going to read mostly Passion today. I I like it in this version, so let me just read it to you really quickly. And I need to move because i got some things to say. Big surprise. (laughs) We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another, and this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So we, get, we are transfigured. It's the mount of transfiguration where Jesus' face shone as bright as the sun. That when I am looking at him, and I led y'all in an encounter two weeks ago when I preached that just to see my process, but like I look at him and I gaze at him and I put all of my attention upon him. And in that place, we are beginning to mirror each other. There's that mutual affection and mutual adoration that's in the Trinitarian flow that we talk about. That Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live in mutual affection, mutual adoration. There is a flow. There is not a demanding of my rights. It's a give. That's the family that we've been called into. That's government of God. That's the kingdom. So that's when I'm in this place with him, and I begin to mirror him, and then more glory is being released. That's how he is writing the word on my heart. So are we imaging him? Am I mirroring him? Or am I just mimicking the world around me? Because there's a lot of distractions. There is a lot of distractions. There is a lot of vying for my attention. Joey said, we're in a crazy time right now. We are. It's why we came back from the beach, not quite as rested as I thought we would have. There's a lot going on. It wants my attention, and it gets my attention sometimes, but I know how to come back and step back into him and look into his face. And Joey said it in the beginning, and just my yes, that I get to thank him in the midst of it. Because you and I are meant to shine. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It says darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but his light will be seen on you. His glory will be seen upon you. And what does it say? It says, nations will come to your brightness, kings to the brightness of your rising. How do you disciple nations without getting on a plane? You shine. You arise and shine. We get to stand up. I don't have to let be down like this, staring in the dirt, letting the enemy walk all over my back, although it feels like that's what's happening right now. And my concern is that there are so many people that can only, they're mesmerized by the darkness. I feel like there is a lot of beholding the darkness right now. And you become what you behold. And I think not only do you become what you behold, but you become beholden to what you behold. It's always asking for more. It's mesmerizing. And we can't afford to do that. Remember when Jesus healed the woman who had the spirit of infirmity for 18 years? I don't know why I thought about this, but I did. 
So I'm going with it. The woman with the, eight, the infer, spirit of infirmity, it said that she was bound over for 18 years. So for 18 years, all of this woman gets to look at is dirt. For 18 years, she cannot look up, she cannot see, and she's in the synagogue, and Jesus is going to heal her, and he pulls her into the middle where the men would have been seated, and all you already know, that's kind of a no-no, because he calls the woman to be up there. And he heals her, and the religious leaders were infuriated. And he says, well, first he says, woman, you're loosed from this infirmity, and it says immediately she straightened up and she glorified God. And he said, should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound for 18 years, should she not be loosed? And the answer is yes. This woman who had to look at dirt for 18 years, so that's all she could see and that's all she knew. And Jesus noticed her and as a woman pulled her up into the center of all of those men in the synagogue. And she got to stand up and immediately glorified God. She is shining she is radiating the glory of God because she came in touch with the one who was able to loose her from 18 years of darkness and dirt. We cannot afford to be looking that. We don't have to look at the dirt. We actually get to behold him. Ephesians 5.8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We expose the works of darkness by just turning on the light. And when you turn on the light, it's not like darkness is like, mm, maybe I'm going to leave. I don't know if I really want to leave. I mean, you turn on these lights, and it's light, and darkness is gone, right? There's no contest. And here's the thing. We're going to see some darkness. There's darkness, for sure. There's darkness. But I don't have to talk about how dark the darkness is. I don't study how dark the darkness is. I don't need to like be going down this trail and going, yeah, this is dark, and did you see that darkness? And this is dark over here too, and this is dark, and wait till you see this darkness. I don't study the darkness, I behold the light. It's like Ezekiel, and he saw the valley of dry bones. He didn't sit there and just talk about how dead and how dry the bones were. He prophesied the breath of life into those bones and they became an exceedingly great army. You and I are called to prophesy life, prophesy the breath of God, prophesy the life of God, and the darkness will flee. But as long as we're sitting, talking about the darkness, studying the darkness, manifesting the darkness, and then agreeing about how dark it is, guess what's being manifest? Because like begets like. Darkness. So you and I, I am feeling like this, as a mom of this house, we cannot afford to be talking about the darkness anymore. We have got to rise up. We have got to shine. We have got to talk about how good God is, how light the light is, how bright it is, how glorious, how good, how faithful, how just. Justice and righteousness are the foundation of his throne, and he has not gotten off of it. We are in good hands. We have a good father. He's not missing out on what's going on. He knows. And so we all get to go, shh, little soul, settle down. Settle down, quiet soul, and be still and know God. Intimately acquainted with God. We do that. We get to sit in this place, and it's our seat of authority. And we're seated in heavenly places, and you know this, and I'm not going to go into all of it because I don't have time, and I've probably already taken more than I meant to. But um, seated in heavenly places, and that your resurrection life, we're, we are, Jesus was resurrected on the third day. We're living into the third day, resurrection life, resurrection power. Turn to Colossians 3. I'm going to read it from the Passion. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distraction of the natural realm. That's good, right? Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. 
In Hebrews, it says, turn your gaze away from the distraction of the natural realm and fix your eyes upon Jesus. Chuck preached about it. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. You are one with him in his glory. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. Do you know that when I get afraid and when things are shaking and we get bad news and it feels like this, that is what I start saying to myself. It's the first thing I confess over myself is that, Kelly, your life is hidden with Christ and God. My life is hidden with Christ and God. And guess what? And I told you all the encounter I had with him where he said, Kelly, and it was this embrace. He said, my embrace is your safe space. So I literally see myself, because you've been given an imagination to partner with God, and I literally see myself stepping into his embrace, and the little girl in me feels safe in my dad's embrace. And that's what he wants you to know. That's what he wants you to be able to experience right now. Ephesians 2, 6 in the Passion. Are y'all reading with me or just letting me read it to you? doesn't matter either way, but... Thank you. Just wondering. Ephesians 2.6. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. We are now co-seated as one with Christ. So your place is that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm, in heavenly places. That's our vantage point. So we need to be able to lift up and ascend and know where we are seated to see from. Because when I see from a much higher elevation, everything looks really different than when I'm right here in the weeds. Right? This looks really, you look big and scary. But when I am seen from this higher elevation, I'm like, oh, that's not so bad. It's not quite as big as I thought it was. We have this hawk that keeps visiting us. Well, actually, I just, it was weird because... In the very beginning of the quarantine, where we live, we have this window in our family room and this gigantic hawk. And I'm not lying. How big is he? Like, right? I mean, his body is like that big. This huge hawk. And he would come and he would fly. And we'd see him sitting in the window on this railing. And it just freaked me out the first time because I was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? And we thought it was an eagle. But it's a hawk. And it literally would visit us every day. And we hadn't seen him the rest of quarantine. And just yesterday, I said, that's so weird and God was definitely speaking to me through this hawk, which then yesterday I said, it's so weird that we haven't seen the hawk anymore. And lo and behold, Joey and I are watching TV last night, and he goes, Kelly, look out the window, and there is that hawk. And he just stares at us in the window. <laughs> he literally is just looking at us like, hey, what are y'all watching? <laughs> it's so crazy. <clears throat> and do you know that hawks have just, I forgot how many more times, but they have vision to where when they are 10 stories high, 100 feet up in the air, they can see a little mouse on the ground. So God is saying, Kelly, he's saying it to me all the time, ascend, come up here, look from here, look from my vantage point. Because if you could see what I see, you wouldn't be so discouraged. If you could see the way that I'd see it, you would see that everything really is going to be okay because we win. So come up higher, lift up your eyes, ascend. We are sent ones, and you know that. And, and the message I preached two weeks ago was all about um, the, leaven of, the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees and what mindset are we under. And I talked to you about the ecclesia. And talking with Dano, it brought it back up to me again, so I wrote the definition again because I want to say it. But we are sent ones, and this is an apostolic house. And when you have an apostolic house, it provides a structure for the flow of heaven to come into the earth. And when Jesus called the church ecclesia, it was actually a term from the classical Greek. It was a governmental term. It wasn't a religious term. And it means God's called out ones to be his bride to legislate and govern the affairs of the city. It's that we are on an apostolic mission to bring reformation to bring transformation and change in every area of society. 
And you all have different places of influence that I do not have. I have different areas of influence that you don't. But as the ecclesia, as his called out ones, we are the ones that are to be legislating governmental affairs in the city, not handing it over to the government to do. So if the church, the true church, remember I told y'all I wasn't going to call it church anymore. If the true ecclesia would rise up and be who she is called to be, which we are, we are doing, we are going to do that. If we would do that, then we would begin to see all of this stuff shift. We would see so much of this chaos and so much of the poverty and all of that begin to shift because we are reigning and ruling in our rightful place, co-seated with Jesus as the ecclesia. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That we occupy, that we're going in and we're taking ground that we have given over. It's governmental transformation. And when we, I was talking about the leaven of the, the, the leaven of Herod, which is political spirit, and the leaven of the Pharisees, which is a religious spirit, we have allowed so much of that to get into our mindsets, and it's expanding in places it's not supposed to. The kingdom is supposed to be working like leaven in our lives, and the kingdom, we're sowed into the earth so that the kingdom would begin to ferment, so that the kingdom would begin to expand, and that's who you, you and I are. And if I don't know what leaven is influencing me, then I don't really know what kind of influence I'm having out there, right? You have to know what is influencing you. What mindset are you under? Not the world's mindset, not a political mindset, not a religious mindset, but the kingdom mindset. Um, So where we get our information is really important. So I want you to turn to Revelation 4, and I love this, and I love it in the Passion. Are y'all good? You following me? Revelation 4. The Apostle John is on the Isle of Patmos, and he's exiled. And the book of Revelation, just, it's, remember, it's, and, and, and what he gets, what he receives, is the revelation or an unveiling of Jesus Christ. It's the unveiling of Christ. Let's just hold that thought. Oh. This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to share with his loving servants. That's chapter 1, not chapter 4. Chapter 4. John. Then suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, I saw a heavenly portal open before me. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning broke the silence and said, ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. Instantly, I was taken in the spirit realm, and behold, I saw a heavenly throne set in place and someone seated upon it. His appearance was sparkling with crystal and glowing like a carnelian gemstone. Surrounding the throne was a circle of green light like an emerald rainbow, Encircling the great throne were 24 thrones with elders, a glistening white garment seated upon them, each wearing a golden crown of victory. And pulsing from the throne were blinding flashes of lightning, crashes of thunder and voices. So I want you to know that Paul, it says that he was in the spirit in the Isle of Patmos. And this is probably in a trance or a vision or we don't know, but we do know that he ascended into the throne room, which is the third heaven, remember, and we've talked about this. There's the third heaven. There's the second heaven where angels and demons and voices and so much of the information that's going on right now, it's lots of voices that's coming from the second heaven information level. And then there's the earth realm. Remember Paul when he said there was a man, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but he went into the third heaven. So that's where we are. And there's a door open in heaven and the angel said, come up here and let me show you what must take place. And I'm telling you that that door is still open and he wants to show you what will take place. So we have to be people that learn and know how to ascend and how to listen to revelation that is coming from the throne of God. And I love that Brian Simmons right here in the footnote says, Lightning is often an emblem of the revelation word of God breaking forth on the earth, which dismantles the works of Satan. As God's word goes forth, there will always be voices to carry the, the fresh revelation of heaven. So again, it is hearing 
with the ears of your spirit, seeing into the third realm, third heaven realm, and getting revelation to bring here. I'm not listening to the inf information. Keep reading in verse 5. It says, And burning before the th throne are seven blazing torches, which represent the seven spirits of God. The seven spirits of God have really grabbed my attention lately, and I really I believe we're going to begin to have more information about them, and I'm telling you that it is vital that we are operating in the seven spirits of God. You can find them in Isaiah 11. It's the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and counsel and understanding and might and fear of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord. I think that was seven of them. And I, last two weeks ago, was sitting there worshiping and having my time with God, and I did what I do, and I was sitting actually looking into my makeup mirror, and I sat down, and I leaned back, and I just said, okay, Lord, what do you want to talk about today? What do you want to do? And instantly, I was sitting at this table with Jesus, and I share this. Remember when I say this, my encounter means that it's open for y'all, for the bride. This encounter is not about Kelly having an encounter. The encounter is an invitation and a doorway for you to know that you can also step into that place, Right? So this is what he showed me. He, I was sitting there at this table with Jesus, and he hands me this round earthenware cup, like a stoneware cup to drink out of. And I thought it was going to be wine. <laughs> Probably, maybe I hoped it was going to be wine. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was going to be wine. And I put it to my lips, and as soon as I sipped it, I knew that it was water. And I drank the water, and instantly my body became transparent and there was multicolored lights flashing, multicolored light in the water going up and down in my body. And I instantly was aware that it was the seven spirits of God. And he said, Kelly, take this water and drink. It is my living water and you will never be thirsty again. And I recognized that his living water is full of the fullness of Holy Spirit. It is full of the seven spirits of God. And for us to be a full functioning church, operating in all the power and the authority that he has for us, he wants us to begin to operate in those seven spirits. And it is found in his living water. I am drinking from the fountain of the river of life, and that water never runs dry, and it is at without price. So that is me beholding in the mirror so that I can receive all that I need right now in this time, no matter what is going on. I really believe that this is the time, like this is part of the awakening. This is what he wants to do in the earth. We need this. We need the fullness of God. We need the fullness of Holy Spirit. We have not seen the full measure that we are going to walk in yet. So I want you to understand, too, that in that, like that was clearly John 4, like the woman at the well. And the word is a doorway for encounter. The word is a great place for you to camp out. I might meditate on one scripture until it is just in me, or I might just read and read until it's burning inside me, but the, the word is a doorway that opens to encounter the one who wrote it. So when I'm saying encounter or ascend, it literally might be meditating on the word. So in that place, when I'm learning to lean, and I'm learning to linger a little bit and listen to him and hear what he has to say about my situation, what do you say about the affairs of the earth right now? What I am really bumping up against a lot and where my concern has come is all of the second heaven level information that comes from the news, it comes from social media, it comes from videos and podcasts and text threads and there's just we're bombarded with information all of the time right and when I am just listening to that and when I am just staring with that there is a an energizing influence behind it and if I'm not careful I begin to listen to it and I think well that sounds right so that must be what's happening right now oh that yeah that it's just it's just it, it just has to be a little bit off to be off but that's what's manifesting around us right now. And I was really concerned about it. And I was talking to a friend and asking the Lord. And I just said, God, what's going on? Why am I so 
concerned about just especially just a little bit of what I've been hearing out there. And I heard this in my spirit, and I knew it was God because I wouldn't have thought of it. I didn't remember, but I heard him say, the witch of Endor. And I remember that there was such a thing as a witch of Endor, and, but I didn't remember where. And so I looked it up, and there's an interesting story in 1 Samuel 28. And it says that Samuel had died, the prophet Samuel had died, and King Saul put all of the mediums and the nec- necromancers out of the kingdom. And then the Philistine army gathered against around Saul and his army, and Saul was terrified. So he began to seek the Lord for what the Lord would tell him to do, but the Lord would not answer him, neither in dream, nor by a prophet, nor by Urim. So Saul said, hey, will you please somebody go and get a medium for me so that she can tell me what to do. So they went and they summoned and they brought the witch of Endor. And she said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want you to call up a man for me. And she said, who? And so he calls, she calls up Samuel. It says an old man. Some scholars don't know if it really was Samuel, but there was an old man in a robe. And Saul asked Samuel and said, I need you to tell me what to do because the Lord won't answer me. And Samuel is like, if the, the Lord is clearly not telling you what to do, why would you summon me up? And Samuel gives him the word, which is that the kingdom is being taken from him and given over to David. So what I want you to understand is that Samuel, who, from the witch of Endor, Samuel gave a right word, but it was the wrong source. So the energizing influence behind this source is what's going to influence that message. So what I'm saying is source is very important. And just because something sounds true and sounds right doesn't mean that it is. So I need to know the source. I have to go to the source. And the way that I know that, are y'all with me? Because y'all are looking like you're mad at me. (laughs) No one's mad at me. The way to discern that is what is the fruit of what I'm hearing? What is the fruit of what I'm paying my attention to? How does that feel in my soul? Does it make me feel at peace? Does it make me feel restful, hopeful, closer to Jesus? Or does it make me feel fearful or confused or suspicious? I felt a little bit braver because right before I came, a friend sent, because I knew that I wanted to talk about this, and I feel like I can feel myself pushing up against some stuff. I feel like I'm piercing into a stronghold. And there is a lot of stuff being built up, you know? There's a lot of stuff being built up, and I believe that it has a faulty foundation because I think a lot of it is coming from the wrong source. And I knew that I wanted to talk about this, and a friend sent me a 45-second little clip of Bill Johnson from, I guess, this weekend, or this week. And I, not to pat myself on the back, but he's saying exactly this, y'all. He's saying that a political spirit, the leaven from a political spirit, and the leaven from a religious spirit will masquerade as the prophetic anointing. And if we do not know how to be people with discernment who have had our senses, the powers of discernment trained to distinguish good from evil, I will fall for anything that just sounds right. And I cannot afford to build because I am manifesting this life around me. I cannot afford to be listening to second-hand, second-level realm information that just sounds like God but may not be God. That causes offense. It's a trap. It's the bait of Satan. It causes division. The reason that, you know, and, and when the serpent deceived Eve, it says the, the snake or serpent was more crafty than any of the other beasts. And the reason that he was crafty is because he was. And what did he do? He actually spoke a right word to Eve 
but he introduced suspicion into it. Did God really say? Did God really say? Well, I don't know. It's suspicion. It's how witchcraft works. It's subtle. It's crafty. It might have a little bit of truth, but it's coming from the wrong source, so it has the wrong spirit, and it's going to bear the wrong fruit. It's eating from the wrong tree. We're not supposed to be eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When Eve decided that, yeah, that looks good, it sounds good, I think it's going to make me wise, because what was the, the lie that he, well, no, it wasn't a lie, it's actually the truth. He said, you'll be just like God. When they already were made to be like God, but when they decided to go ahead and eat from that and they were deceived, their eyes were open, and then we know the rest of that story. But it's because she gave way to something that sounded good, looked good, I think I'll try it, and it was deception. We are meant to be eating from the tree of life, feeding upon his life, having him nourish me day in and day out. And we've, you've said it, we've said it before in here, but when people are deciding what money, when they have to study currency all day long, they're sitting there feeling the currency. They are not studying the counterfeit. They are studying the real. So that when the counterfeit comes along, it's quickly discerned. So I don't sit there all day long looking at a counterfeit and listening to a counterfeit trying to decide where is God in all of that. I know the real. I've learned his voice. I have had my spiritual senses trained to discern good from evil. So I recognize it. We have to do that as mature people. We have to be able to do that or we will fall for any old thing that kind of sounds like God. You ready for my next thing I have to say? <laughs> it says that um, Adam and Eve were awakened and enlightened to good and evil when God only wanted them awakened to good. We were meant to, own, to be living off of every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So I'm concerned when I hear people saying, and I've heard it multiple times now, that this next great awakening that's happening is that we are going to awake to all of the darkness that's going on and how dark it really is and how evil it really is. Did you hear me? That there's this great awakening that's happening, and the great awakening is to darkness. And I'm telling you right now, that is a counterfeit awakening. The awakening that is happening is unto Christ. The awakening that's happening is unto light. It is not unto darkness. That is a counterfeit. Please don't fall for it. I'm really alarmed. I'm really concerned because what we awaken to is Christ and his kingdom. To the glorious light, this is us arising and shining and the glory has come. We are not bent down looking at the dirt, awakening to the darkness because that is a lie from the pit of hell and it is counterfeit. It's a fake awakening. Paul said Christ is our message. We preach Christ to awaken hearts and bring every person to the full understanding of truth. And truth is a person. Truth isn't opinions or facts or polls. Truth is a person. Colossians 2.2 says, full assurance of understanding is this. Full assurance of understanding is this. The knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. The mystery is Christ, who is the fullness of all knowledge, understanding, wisdom. And he's in you. Christ is our message. Christ is the one that we awaken to. The book of Revelation is about the revealing of Christ in the earth, not the beast. Not all the plagues, not all of the destruction, but Christ. And that is coming through you and I, a transfigured bride. We are meant to radiate with the glory of God. We are priests who are kings. We know how to minister God and we know how to serve humankind. 
Everywhere we go, my attention's upon him. I know his voice. I'm leaning in. I'm lingering longer. I'm learning how to discern it better and better. And as you learn and as you're communing with the king, you are releasing dominion. Intimacy and dominion are connected. We serve out of a place of intimacy with him. And it takes some of relinquishing control and surrendering some of my rights and some of my agendas and some of my own concerns and my own comforts for another. It's an upside-down kingdom. You know, the enemy is terrified of your intimacy with Jesus. So we get to sit at his feet and worship him, and rest is our place of warfare. He is our prince of peace, and it says that the prince of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So let's rest. Let's be in a place of peace. So what I want to do in ending and pray for y'all is I saw this crystal goblet and this hand What's that? What, I don't know. Does it make a particular note? You know what I'm talking about? It sings. I think that he wants to bring crystal clear clarity back into the room. I believe that he wants us to be crystal clear and like the cobwebs get shaken off and the confusion and the doubt and the suspicion and the fear and the hopelessness. I really believe it's going to be as easy as him flicking this crystal clear goblet and literally everything shifts and it's back from darkness to light. It's back from confusion into order. It's back from fear into hopefulness. So let's do it. So if you need to be have the cobwebs cleared, I want you to stand up. And if you want to come down here, you can come down here. But he wants to bring crystal clarity. I know that he does. He wants to pierce through all of that stuff. It says in Hebrews 5, many have become dull of hearing because they have lacked experience or they're inexperienced with the word of righteousness. And I'm telling you that the word himself is wanting to speak into the very core of you. The word of God is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it's going in right now and piercing to the division of joint and marrow, soul and spirit, and is judging the intentions of our heart. So I'm going to pray, but I would just say, like, if, and listen, I'm, I'm going to raise my hand, me, if I've been spending, if I've spent a lot of time, hours maybe or whatever, reading the news and listening to the news and listening to stuff and trying to figure things out and I've gotten all of this confusion, this prayer tonight is great, but I would suggest that you go spend equal amount of time just in his presence, just be in his word. So Father, we thank you and we invite your loving gaze and we thank you, Lord, that you did not give us a spirit of fear. We thank you, Lord, that we have been given power and love and a sound mind And we welcome your loving gaze to come and pierce our hearts right now with the truth of who you are, Jesus Christ. You are truth. We honor you as truth. We give you first place in our life as truth. And so right now, I am just asking that you would come in and move in such a powerful way. I pray that that sword of the Spirit, that two-edged sword, would pierce right now into every single person in this place. That the cobwebs of confusion and suspicion and doubt and lies would be so removed. And I break them off of you right now in Jesus' name. That lying, mind-binding, twisting spirit, I break it off right now in Jesus' name by the power and the authority of his blood. And I declare that you have a sound mind. I declare that you are crystal clear in your thinking. There is no doubt. There is no division. There is no separation. There is no hopelessness or fear because Jesus Christ, the person of truth, has entered the room and he is piercing you right now. You are in him and he is in you. He is the one who is breathing newness of life. So I just like... 
I just blow all of the cobwebs off right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. We thank you for our mind. We thank you for our bodies, our heart, our will. We submit it all to you, God. We surrender. Lord, I surrender my own personal rights and agendas and creature comforts and things that I want. And I open up my hands and I give them to you. And I tell you that you can have your way and do what you want. Lord, I offer you my body as a living sacrifice. And we ask you to come and invade. Would you come and consume us, oh God? Would you consume the sacrifice with your fire? Would you please burn away all of the dross and all of that stuff that's just not the truth of who you are and it is not what you are speaking in this moment. So we yield completely to you. I bless every single person in here and I say that you have ears to hear the voice of your shepherd. You are wired to hear the voice of your king. And I declare that you do have a sound mind. And I, I declare that you are walking into such a beautiful, wide open space and field of grace. And I give you my promise that he gave to me and I say that his embrace is your safe space. So you get to step back into him and you get to lean into his embrace because your life is hidden with Christ and God. So I just bless you. I just tell, be free in Jesus' name. Be free. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at kingdomlifesa.com for more podcasts, updates, and events, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.